Welcome to the Assembly of Silence Radio Hour. This audio program has been carefully packed to the legal limit with a weekly allowance of non-governmentally approved deep thoughts per square minute of podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Judah and Noah. Okay, we'll see. Open book thing, huh? Yeah. Function best that way, I find. Yeah, I guess I'm still old school that way. (laughs) Yeah. um, I really have worked hard at vulnerability and honesty and transparency. Right, yeah. We were talking about the whole question of what exactly is meant by vulnerability. And uh, I guess vulnerable can mean a number of different things. It can. It can. You know, I, I think honesty can lead us to vulnerability. I think honesty is right. a key part of vulnerability. Right. It's a, actually a critical component. But I think technically vulnerability means putting yourself in a position where someone could hurt you. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you're going to put yourself into a vulnerable position, you better be okay with getting hurt. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's love. Right. Right? I mean, we, you cannot uh, fall in love without being vulnerable. Yeah, that's true. Right? So vulnerable, susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm hmm. of a person. Oh, you're in, reading the definition. Yeah, I got the definition ah. for us. Of a person in need of special care, support, or protection because of age, disability, or risk of abuse or neglect. Mm-hmm or a bridge of a partnership uh, liable to higher penalties either by convention or through having won one game toward... Oh, I don't even know what, what that is. What the hell is, is that about? <laughs> that, that's uh, well, that's got to be the legal definition. Yeah, that's, I think that's the legal definition. because yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So uh, vulnerable early 17th century from late Latin, vulnerabilis, uh, vulnere, to wound, mm. from vulness, wound. So now we're back to Chiron. Mm. Right, so in the astrological system that includes Chiron is one of the objects. It's the representation of the wound and the healing of the wound. So it's the strength that is derived from coming to terms with a wound, something that's uh, challenged you, that's, that's threatened you, that's mm-hmm. being painful through wrestling with the things that are the most painful to gain our strengths. Right. Leaving ourselves open to physical or emotional attack. Well, being honest about where I'm at emotionally leaves me open to emotional attack. Right. It's it's an act of vulnerability to state where I'm at emotionally. So, the, you know, my question always is, well, under what circumstances is it, is it really worth doing that? Because we are our own responsibility, and it's our responsibility to basically show up for whatever it is that we're being challenged with, we got to get things right within ourselves. So I think of it as being primarily my own responsibility to work out my emotional difficulties and trials and tribulations, what have you, within myself. If appropriate, I might want to share that with someone, either because it directly relates to them or because... Maybe it would be helpful, 
But in general, I'm someone who would avoid being vulnerable with someone because I'm upset. Mm. My process is figure it out yourself. So let me think. There are, have been a few occasions where I haven't been able to work it out myself. And then definitely I've been vulnerable around others and mm-hmm. people have stepped up and helped. And that has been super important. Yeah. To, to not ask for help when we need help is prideful. Right. And it's self-destructive, it's really. It's totally self-destructive. Yeah. And I, and I really relate to you there. I'm, I'm the same way and I've had this conversation um, you know, with my partner of like, you know, a lot of times I will go in and find what I need to work out in myself first before I start, before I bring something to the table. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm triggered about something, I'm going to go in and look at why is this triggering me? And is there something I can adjust within myself to work through that trigger? Because it's in me, that person's just being them. They're not the reason for it. They're not the fault. They're just being themselves and there's something inside of me that gets triggered. So what is that? And can I work through that? And if I can't, then it's like I need to reach out for help. Well, it seems like the main thing is to establish clarity within ourselves to whatever extent that's possible. Absolutely. And to have that ready to offer before we approach anyone. Exactly. Especially our partners. Well, uh, yeah. Well, I guess there are some people maybe who are willing to deal with a hot mess, you know, and those are great friends to have. (laughs) Yes, they are. Thank God for them. (laughs) Um, But a lot of people are not. A lot of people are not ready to deal with Mm -hmm. just the the complete and utter train wreck when it's in full throttle. Right. I think that quite often people will throw everything out on the table and be vulnerable, so to speak, uh, without having figured out for themselves even what's going on, Mm. you know? And I'm not even sure if that's really a vulnerability then, because without having a real sense of what's going on, you're basically just spewing, which I guess in certain moments may be necessary. Maybe it's cathartic. Maybe it's cathartic, but maybe it's abusive, you know? I think, yeah, it can be. There's some fine lines here. It's kind of tough to say. Right. I think if it happens a lot, it's definitely amusing. (laughs) 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 Yes. But that's where like going in and really getting some clarity first and then being able to come and present, hey, here's, you know, here's what I'm working with right now. This is what's up for me. Here's where I'm at. And these are my thoughts and feelings around it. And you see any truth in this? And can you help me with this? I think there's also something about like the frequency with which we're confronted by these kinds of intense moments. Mm. For some people, it may happen once in a lifetime where they're really just taken off of their track and they don't know where they are or they're just completely devastated by one thing or another, maybe a few times in life. And with other people, it seems to be more of a regular occurrence. You know, mm-hmm. Probably most of us somewhere in the middle, you have various crises that hit at different points in your life. Right. But I think that also makes a huge difference. It's hard to imagine a life that doesn't hit a serious crisis at, at some point. What a growth point those usually are. Yeah. And, and you get to know the terrain. And, and a lot can ride on those moments too. That's right. Like how everything plays out from there, there on out. It can either really transform things or just lock things into unfortunate patterns. 
But I think that if, if it isn't one of those like standout, really unusual events, and it's kind of happening on a semi-regular basis, that's a different situation. It's a totally different situation. Right. It could be where you're just being continually triggered. You have a trigger that's going on in your life that is pushing right on a childhood wound or something. So th- that would be more like a patterning a kind patterning. of situation. Exactly. exactly. Repetition. Repetition is uh, how we remember things. Mm-hmm. Right. So in the repetition of a pattern, it becomes deeper. You just hit on something that um, I was doing some reading and doing a talk called Nourishing the Soul of a Child hmm. in a couple, or next week actually. And I was reading something and they said, imitation for children is how they create. Mm, right. They imitate. And, and imitate and then they repeat, and right? Repeat so so repeat they'll get and, the pattern, yes. right? And they'll imitate it until they got it. Yep. And then they'll repeat it until they That's really right. got it. That's right. Right? And guess what it becomes? A, a life, habit. A lifelong habit. Yeah. A habitual pattern. Right. From childhood. Yep. It's the old monkey see, monkey do. Absolutely. Look at the stuff that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the models that are available to us, it's an awful mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we want to dive into that whole thing. Nah, we're not going there. No, let's not go there. Okay. But, well, you know, coming <laughs> But, you know, coming back to vulnerability is, that, you know, from. You know, one of the things we were talking about before we we were on air is that you were mentioning how vulnerability is between you and another. Yeah. And that, you know, really we're working these things out between us and God. And I, and I said, well, that requires vulnerability. God is the other. If we Typically, heard, when people are using the word vulnerable, they're talking about being vulnerable to some other or being vulnerable to conditions, right? Right. But... um from the vantage point of working things out internally, I think that's a beautiful model to think of yourself as being vulnerable to the creator, vulnerable right. to the source, right. vulnerable to the presence of the unified consciousness. Right. Because pride, we can have a, a very unhealthy dose of pride that prevents us from being vulnerable to the creator. And to vulnerable to anyone. And to anyone. Right. And and so being able to get rid of that pride and open up and be vulnerable to, to the creator, be vulnerable to other people, I have found in my life, the more honest I have become about where I'm at in a moment when somebody says, how are you doing? And I can actually say, you know what? I'm actually struggling right now. I'm, I'm actually really having, I'm going through a hard time right now. Um, and answer it honestly that takes such a huge weight off of me that hmm. I don't have to put on a show. I don't right. have to lie. And if they can't handle it, they can't handle it. That's their, that's their stuff. They ask the question. So how often would you say that, I mean, if you're in that situation, do you get a good response from people and have you gotten a bad response and how do you handle that? I think with fortunately because of the profession that I'm in and the people I'm surrounded by, I almost always get a good response. Almost always get, what do you need? How can we help? Want a hug? I get met. Mm-hmm. I get met where I'm at. And that provides me the experience of, of being to, able to open up and really let out what's real for me in a moment. And maybe it is crying. Maybe it is shedding some tears and being like really open and vulnerable and saying, my heart hurts right now. Hmm. 
And yeah, I would almost never do that with anyone. That's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have, but it's pretty yeah. freaking rare. Yeah, I'm finding that I'm doing it more often because uh, that's what I need right now. Huh. That's that level of honesty and transparency and commitment to my real life state is essential for me right now. Hmm. Yeah. I hear that. You can't spend your life feeling like you're having to pretend for everyone. Right. You you know me. Uh, I have this ability just to smile a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know? you've got a great smile. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, but it can also be a mask. I can put that smile on as a mask, like everything's okay. Well, you know, pers- persona, yeah. right? A person yeah. is means it was, it was originally referring to a mask. Mm-hmm. I think in the Greek it was... Persona was through sound, right. so it was a mask, and you were speaking through the mask. So there was sound going through the mask. Right. Putting that smile on—that's like super easy. I can do that, hmm. but I don't want to do that anymore. Hmm. Like I want to smile when it's authentic. I don't want to smile as a cover, right, for my pain. Hmm. If I'm feeling pain, I want to express it. It doesn't mean I need to emote all over the place, but I at least feel the need to be able to say, I'm having a difficult time. No need to give specifics, no need to emote, you know, cry all over the place or anything like that, but just to say, hard time right now. I, I understand that and and I have some sympathy for it, but I also have a part of me that's more of kind of a conservative, just freaking grin and bear it, stiff upper lips. So my, you know, my yeah. British background kind of kicks in and I'm like, you know, because it, it goes back to like, okay, well, we could be in the trenches now, you know. Mm-hmm. This could be a much worse situation. And if it is, we're not going to have time for any of that. Right. You know, so it isn't that right now. But right. in a way it is. It's like everyone is having to drill down in order to make shit work. Our society relies on people putting aside their feelings and just freaking doing stuff, you know. And that's a society where a lot of us are having to do things that we don't want to do. Right, mm-hmm. and kind of getting locked into that in various ways. It's the world that we're in. It's the way it's set up. So on a certain level, yes, we all need to heal from that. But on another level, we need to honor that to some extent, the thing that holds things together is people doing the dirty work, the shitty work, the boring work that makes this thing run because we're a very specialized civilization so people really focus their skills in one particular area, and it's relatively narrow bandwidth. And if you don't become really specialized, then you're generally doing things that are more along the menial side, which is pretty much what I do. I'm not a specialized person. I'm sort of a generalist. So I find myself doing a lot of things that I wouldn't choose to do. I'd really rather not do them. But we'd have to reinvent all of society for people to not be putting aside their feelings in order to get shit done. And yeah, our society could stand some reinvention. There's no doubt about it. There's a lot of things that I think all of us would like to see happening differently. The question is, how do we transition to a different way of doing things without everything falling apart? And it looks like it's kind of already falling apart in a lot of different ways. We could point to social ills. We can point to the political spectrum. We could point to international relations. There's a lot of ways in which things are not stable, Mm -hmm. you know? 
you, something you just said uh, triggered um, a quote from um, J. Krishnamurti. Hmm. And I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it verbatim in my mind, but it's something like being well adjusted to a sick society is not a sign of health. Mm. Yeah, I think that does get to the core of a lot of things. So it's, you know, yes, sometimes we do have to grin and bear it. And, and it's not like I tell every single person who asks me how I'm doing. And I think it's really important not to perpetuate um, unhealthy or superficial communication. How how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Meanwhile, you know, like an agony inside. Right. You know, well, what good does that do? Right. Well, how much of an, how in alignment am I there? That's true, but how many people are really asking? That's right. When you say, so it's "How like, you doing?" Right. So it's like and knowing so, the 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 who and when to share these things. And I'll bet you, there's a lot of people walking around with a world of hurt going on inside of them. And when you, and it's like if all of if everyone were letting loose on their world of hurt, what would be going on in society right now? Well, I don't know. Maybe it would be a lot healthier because if, maybe eventually if, it would be. I think if somebody if somebody <laughs> asks you know the the obligatory how are you doing and I and I say to them you know what and I'm really honest, all of a sudden that gives them permission to be honest and. All of a sudden, guess what? That thing that's bottled up inside of them, there's less pressure. You just let a little relief valve open up a bit. And so there's less pressure. And, and all of a sudden, this person realizes, you know what? I'm not alone in this. Because we have a tendency to isolate and think we're the only ones experiencing something. And and I think to hear other people be honest about where they're really at gives other people permission to do the same and there's some really deep healing in that i think that's one possibility that is one possibility but i think that's the are, positive possibility that's the but, positive but you know just as on the heart and you're the mind on the positive we're gonna flip that <laughs> thing over right now and take a look at the other side <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know okay that's assuming that someone has the ability to look outside of their own circumstance and see another person. Mm-hmm. But I think that some of us are so wound up and so deeply hurt by the, the conditions of our existence that we really can't see others. And if you let a little bit of that steam off, an avalanche could happen afterwards. You know, The pressure is so intense that if you let a little bit off of it, you could be dealing with some super explosive stuff. So, yeah, you know, tricky, tricky things. I think that's one of the reasons why people avoid these types of real conversations is because of that potential in them. You know, there, there's an explosive quality to honesty, mm. right? There's an explosive quality to people being able to let go of their strongly held tensions. There can be, and there can also be a relief a sigh. It's true. Absolutely uh, true. A deep, a really deep experience of relief. So it's like most things where it's a question of the appropriate circumstances mm. and being able to identify when it's okay to go there right? and when it isn't. There's this idea in, uh, in Chinese medicine that in skilled hands, even a toxin can be a healing modality. We see right? that. We see that with alchemy and homeopathy. and So sometimes it's really difficult to tell whether something is healing or mm-hmm. toxic or destructive. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 
And I think that all of these things uh, psychologically really depend an awful lot on the states of mind of the individuals involved. Yeah, It's always going to be uh, very specific to the to circumstances. So how do we map that out? Is there any way of being able to say, okay, these are the things to watch out for? Mm. One of the things that worries me about doing a broadcast is that basically you have no idea who it is who's listening. Right? True. So it's impossible to be sensitive to these types of things when you're doing a broadcast. We have no idea who it is who's going to hear what we're saying and what it's going to mean to them. That's, that concerns me about media in general. Mm, mm-hmm. you know, when, when things are being put out there, for some it may be entertainment. For some it may be terrifying. For others it may uh, set a screw loose that could cause some real trouble down the road. Mm. You know, it's very difficult to say. And I think that in the ancient wisdom traditions, there was a lot of care when they would hand knowledge down to different people. They would, and when, when things were being said or done, there was a certain kind of structured sense of protocol about how you go about doing things. That's so that, And we're kind of chaotic as a society. You know, we don't really have any clear guidelines about how to navigate waters with each other. Yeah. You know, we're kind that, of all making it up and it's kind of a big mess. Well, that's why most of the cultures in the past that were passing down sensitive information were initiatic cultures. Yeah. Where you had to go through initiation to prove that you could handle that information, that you can handle the, 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 the power of what you're receiving. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that today. That's done. Yeah, the lid's been blown off and it's and like all the information is out there. So yeah. We're in a time of self-initiation now. And, um, uh, and yeah, the lid's been blown off. All the secret material's been released. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. And no one knows what it means anymore. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's probably not fair. Or they're not say, getting adequate training around it. They're reading, well, they're there's reading a million different ways of interpreting it. And yeah. there's a million. Yeah, million. There's, there's always numerous yeah. ways of seeing it. And there are teachers who are supposedly experts in a variety of different fields who are saying things that are completely inconsistent with each other. So it's just like now, now we're back to that whole thing about indoctrination and having discernment. A, you know, discernment and, and finding that uh, method of being able to construct your own uh, understanding, right. to sift through things. Right. To be able to have a really strong capacity for discernment. Uh, you know, we're really in this time where um, the truth has become a lie and the lies have become the truth, <laughs> right? So, so it's, it's like to have discernment is of the utmost importance. And I think discernment's really, that, is a, that comes through spiritual development. Well, if we truly are living in a time where the truth has become a lie and lies become the truth, then there's even more peril in being honest. Mm. You know, so that's, and that's even another more, and even more importance. It's critical. It's critical to be honest right now. I think that's true, and we're what we're identifying here is one of many double-edged swords. Yep. Can we say that honesty is the best policy across the board? Boy, to, to, to not be honest, to, to not be honest, to lie throws a wonk in the whole energetic system of things. But if, because if it's truth, not in alignment with truth. But if truth, but truth is ha- subjective. <laughs> this is really thorny stuff. We're going to get right oh, to it. Man, we're, going in. we're going into Assembly of Science moment here because I don't know if we can untangle this one. But if truth has become lies, and if lies have become truth, then 
let's say just for uh, sake of considering an example that you have a system that's based upon lies and that's kind of what holds everything together kind of what we're living in right now i'm just saying you know <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically. <laughs> oh, okay I'm sorry. so i'm sorry i missed that part <laughs> now let's say there's so much energy put into this thing that if it were to fail if it were to be released it would destroy everything around it okay so in that circumstance if you start feeding honesty into the middle of it it cre- it creates more potential for it to fall apart so if you're an environmentalist now clearly we have a a negative relationship with the environment as a species we've damaged it quite a bit in many different ways yeah but we're relatively ordered compared to what we might be if society fell apart. So if the only thing holding society together are a bunch of lies, and if when society falls apart, the few restraints that there are on maintaining the environment as it is are gone, then are you really doing a service by speaking truth into the middle of that? Is everyone okay? <laughs> Everybody's still there. <laughs> All right, we're going to call it. <laughs> you think that's, so? That's, <laughs> what do you have to say? I got nothing after that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, throw us a bone by subscribing to this channel visiting our social media pages, and hitting the various like, love, and clap buttons. We welcome all comments, criticisms, and random thoughts. Our email is silentassembly at protonmail.com. And if you want to be an angel, we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash silentassembly. We look forward to serving you again soon. In the meantime, remember, turn that thing over a few times before you pick it up and take it home. <laughs>